Welcome to Season 2 of True Enough. Brandon McCowan and Catherine Duvall are your podcast hosts. This season we will discuss many cases, from missing persons and murder to the paranormal. Every episode brings you true facts and suggested theories. The Harrisville Farmhouse, completed in 1736, was made famous, or perhaps more famous, by the 2013 movie, The Conjuring. The home predates the signing of the Declaration of Independence by 40 years. The property itself was once occupied by the Nipmuc and other local tribes prior to Roger Williams purchasing the land as part of the establishment of the colony of Rhode Island and Providence Plantations. Roger Williams established the Providence Plantations in 1736 in Narragansett, Rhode Island. In 1739, Gloucester, now Burlville, Rhode Island, became part of the Providence Plantation, including this estate deeded to the Richardson family. The land was deeded in 1680 and was surveyed by John Smith, one of the original Virginia colonists. Roger Williams believed that the best way to preserve the land was to deed large parcels to those who chose to follow him and his teachings. Williams believed in religious freedom and separation of church and state. At the time, this was an unpopular set of beliefs. Williams parceled the land to protect it from a rather overt encroachment from Connecticut and Massachusetts. The original estate deeded to the Richardsons was more than a thousand acres. It was subsequently sold off in parcels to families in the area, some who are still there hundreds of years later. Because women had no rights to property at this time in history, their estate transferred through marriage from the first colonist, the Richardson family, to the Arnold family. From the Arnold family, it transferred to the Butterworths and then to the Kenyans before being purchased by the Perones in the 1970s. In 1980, the Schwartz family purchased the property and sold it to Norma Sutcliffe in 1987. Corey and Jen Heinzen purchased the property in 2019 from Norma Sutcliffe and launched the business to allow investigations and day tours. In May of 2022, Jacqueline Nunez purchased the property and is continuing and growing the business. Contrary to the movie The Conjuring, no one hanged themselves on the property. Bathsheba Sherman, though she did live on the property, did not hang herself. She did not sacrifice children to Satan. There were no poisonings and no murders, at least none of record. The Perones, Roger, Caroline, and their daughters, when they lived there, did have a great deal of activity some harmless, and some they felt more angry or malicious. As a result of the almost constant encounters, the Perones called in several investigators to look into the house. But it wasn't until Ed and Lorraine Warren arrived and performed a seance that things got a bit out of hand. According to Andrea, the eldest daughter of the family, during the seance, the table began to shake her mother spoke in different voices, 
and was thrown in her chair across the room. Roger Perron demanded the Warrens leave after this event. He thought perhaps they had made things worse. The house continued to have activity after the Warrens departed that the family dealt with and eventually made peace with. The house and property having seen eight or nine generations of families and prior to that having been witness to several wars and devastating conflicts, the soldiers of several wars likely perished either on the property or very close by. It is likely that as a result, the home and property has clung to its history by retaining some ghostly residents. We believe the home has paranormal activity because it simply still stands. It has seen a great deal of history locally and families have lived and died in that house. That being said, because of the amount of continued paranormal encounters, many continue to tour and investigate the house as we did. When we returned from the Harrisville Farmhouse, also known as the Conjuring House, we discussed a great deal how we were going to record this episode. Ultimately, we decided that we would not discuss our personal experiences until we had our discussion. So what you're about to hear are our individual personal experiences. The Harrisville Farmhouse, also known as the Conjuring House. For me, this was so exciting. I have wanted to investigate this house for more than a year. Couldn't find a way in, couldn't do it. And then new owners bought it and suddenly there was a spot and we could go and spend the night in the house. I was so excited. We spent time researching the proper equipment to get and buying everything and figuring out exactly how what we wanted to do and how we wanted to investigate and and all that. So very exciting. On a night in the first full week of November during a full moon, we spent the night in this house. I was so excited when we got there. Our schedule was that we would arrive, kind of check in, sign a form that basically says if we get injured, it's not their fault, which, you know, stuff happens, which I get it. Then we were going to take a guided tour of the house. And then the rest of the night was ours to do with what we wanted. So that's what we did. We arrived. I was very excited. I didn't get a weird vibe. The house is beautiful. It's this old, beautiful wood house. It's dark wood. The surrounding woods is beautiful, very quiet. You can see all the stars at night. Uh, it was just gorgeous. So we went in, we signed our forms, and we took our tour. As we were going on the tour, my pen cap kept flying off. I took a notebook with me to take notes. And for some reason, my pen cap kept flying off. I don't know why, <laughs> which a weird random thing. And we kind of joked at the time, like, this is the start. The ghosts are messing with us and uh, so forth. And we actually tried. I put the cap back on and I had Brandon try it to see if it was loose. And he's like, no, that's securely on there. Why does that keep coming off? So just a silly thing that happened at first. So 
then we, uh, after we did our tour, we uh, unpacked kind of all of our gear in the kitchen area, which has this big, beautiful wood long table. And then we set about figuring out where we were going to put all of our devices. And we had REM pods and recorders and motion activated cameras. And we had a K2 meter. We had a ghost box. We had everything that you could possibly think of to basically tackle this situation. So we made our plan. We labeled all of our recorders. We put our equipment out. We took like a five-minute break and then decided we were going to start kind of upstairs. Now, the upstairs is basically three bedrooms. There's two sets of stairs that you can take to get there, one that is right when you come in and then another one that is closer to the kitchen. So the bedrooms are kind of one was Nancy's room. Then there's the middle room, which was other children. And then the other one is Andrea's room. And in a small closet, that's basically in the eve of the house with like exposed nails and things like that poking out of the ceiling. That was called the birthing room. And apparently that's where people were taken when they were about to give birth or according to our guide, also when they were so sick they were going to die, which to me seemed a little mean, but whatever. Uh, so we, you know, set up a recorder in there and, uh, as well as a REM pod in case anything got close to it, then we would hear it. And that would kind of be a mark for a recorder. And we did that in several rooms. Um, we set up one in the, um, the middle room, which is supposed to be the most active. It also has a rocking chair in it. So I had watched, uh, I think a movie uh, that was a bunch of YouTubers that somehow the rocking chair started rocking. So I thought, you know what, right close to that, I'm going to put a REM pod. And we put a recorder on a windowsill very close to that REM pod. Uh, so we started in what would have been Nancy's room and did our first EVP session. It was really nothing special. We couldn't get anything to interact. And then we moved from room to room and went down in the basement. And in the basement, we had set up a motion sensor camera uh, along with a REM pod. We felt we were very set down there. Uh, the basement is also still has the original boiler that Roger Perone had so much trouble with. It kept um, cutting out on them. He hated going down to mess with it. Um, he felt like someone was always watching him or he was touched or whatever. So we were very excited to do some investigating down there. And um, when I say investigate, we were told um, both by our initial guide that there, you couldn't, don't, don't provoke because that could genuinely be a really, really bad idea. Um, so we did not provoke any ghosts. I was a little tempted a couple of times, but I did not. Um, I also had the great pleasure of speaking with Andrea Perone uh, a couple days prior to our investigation, and she suggested the same thing. And I asked her what her definition of provoking was. And she basically said, you know, you wouldn't want anyone coming into your house and saying, oh, your furniture is ugly, your house is gross, uh, you know, and demanding things. Why won't you talk to us and and things like that? So it was basically 
be nice to the spirits. And we kind of stuck to that same plan the entire time. So we investigated every room multiple times. Sometimes we brought an additional REM pod with us. We always had recorders with us. And other times we brought the K2 meter with us. And what we found was in every instance, we would investigate the upstairs and come down the front stairwell. And then I would get a huge K2 hit in the seance room, uh, which the seance room is beautiful. It's got some Ouija boards in there and a big fireplace and things like that. It's right off the library. So we would get a K2 hit there and it would happen for, I don't know, maybe 5, 10, 15 seconds. And then I would try to follow it and it would just dissipate. It would stop. And that happened in the basement. That happened in a couple of the bedrooms. That happened in a lot of areas. So we kind of started to feel like whatever was there was either following us or trying to stay away from us. So it was it was kind of disappointing as far as the investigation went. At least I felt it was disappointing because I really wanted to have some interaction. I really wanted to ask, you know, a spirit, can you touch the REM pod? Let's have a conversation and try to kind of get to know the spirits. Unfortunately, that did not happen. And I was, I don't know, I guess crushed might be a little overreaching, but I, I, I'm going to say I was, I was kind of crushed about it because I had just been really looking forward to that. So we investigated for uh, every, every room multiple times. Um, and unfortunately, other than random K2 hits and hearing a noise here and there, I, I wasn't like blown away, which I, I really thought I was going to be. So I was kind of disappointed. So after three, four hours, we kind of were both really tired. Um, it was midnight or one. And we both kind of thought, all right, you know what? We're going to get a little bit of sleep and we'll see what we can find. We left all of our equipment on, REM pods, video recorders, um, audio recorders, everything, and decided to, we each pulled out our sleeping bags and we slept in the middle room, which was to be the most active. Left uh, a recorder by me and a recorder by Brandon and uh, the REM pod there by the rocking chair. So I was fine until I was brushing my teeth right before we went upstairs. And then I really started to feel like somebody was standing in the bathroom watching me. And it was, I never felt like anything wanted to harm us. It just it was a little unnerving, like to feel like someone's watching you while you're brushing your teeth. <laughs> so we we went upstairs and, you know, un, unzipped our sleeping bags, got in our sleeping bags. We turned off the overhead light, but we left one light on in kind of a pseudo closet that's between one of the rooms there, between Nancy's room and the middle room. And then we left the light on that would uh, have been in Andrea's room. So I had on I don't, multiple layers of clothing and it had been really warm that day, but it got really cold. So I just kind of felt like, okay, I'm just, I don't want to be cold. I don't want to have to get up. <laughs> I don't want to have to creep down the stairs and put on more layers of clothing in the middle of the night. I just didn't want to. I just didn't get a good vibe at that point. And so 
we laid down and went to sleep um or well brandon went to sleep and i could tell this by the snoring i kind of laid awake for a while and could hear creaks and things like that from the house which I brought up initially to our guide that, you know, I know that old houses, they creak, you know, they settle. And he just kind of said, listen, this house has been here for so long, it's settled. If you hear creaks, it's not the house settling. So, yeah, I heard creaks and then I heard footsteps. I heard footsteps going up the stairs that were by the kitchen. And then I had heard footsteps in the bedroom that was Nancy's room. And it was very, I don't want to say unnerving, but it was, I don't know. I don't know of a better word than than unnerving. I mean, I wasn't like petrified or anything, but it still was just uncomfortable knowing that somebody was kind of walking around this house and was walking right into like the room right next to us. And I just kind of know hearing that I kind of had was wide eyed, like looking at the doorway and nothing ever appeared. And it happened for a little bit. And then I kind of rolled over and tried to drift off to sleep and all of a sudden felt and this is going to sound absolutely nuts, but this is exactly what happened. I felt something cold slide down my side inside my sleeping bag. And at first I thought, oh, there must be a draft. It just must be a draft. So I kind of pulled my sleeping bag closer around me and didn't think much of it. And then I I don't even know how long later, then it happened again. And at that point, I was kind of wide awake, and it was very slow moving down my right shoulder and down my hip, and it was incredibly just, I don't don't want to say violating, but it was, it was, that was incredibly unnerving to me, and I was a little terrified at that point and Brandon was still sleeping and I was so scared at that point that I I I couldn't I couldn't even move. I couldn't move, I couldn't like elbow him or whatever. It it just it was just such a crazy experience and then it would just kind of dissipate and then a little bit of time would go by and it would happen again. And it happened two more times. So four times in total. And I, it was honestly the most unnerving experience I have ever had in my life. And y'all, if you've listened to the podcast, you know, I'm a skeptic, you know, I want proof, you know, that I want photos, I want video, I want a personal experience. And now I kind of feel like, okay, well, I guess I shouldn't complain because I really got what I asked for. (laughs) And it was just, it was terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. And I I had no idea when you can't see something and something is touching you, it, it, and it just continues to do it. 
I honestly did not know what to do and was so scared that I couldn't even ask a question. And I am kicking myself now for not saying anything or or whatever. It was just that terrifying to me. So that happened. I continued to hear footsteps throughout the night and probably got maybe an hour, maybe two hours of sleep. And around four, maybe quarter past four in the morning, the REM pod near the rocking chair went off with a bleep. And I shot like straight awake. I didn't sit up, but I shot awake and I kind of hit Brandon and I said, the REM pod just went off. And he was, I feel like he was dead asleep and he was like, huh? And I'm like, the red pot just went off. And then it went bleep again. And then he was awake. And then if you know anything about red pods, if you grab the antenna, it, it's like, is the only, the only way I can describe the noise, which I know sounds ridiculous. But then he was awake and then something full on grabbed that REM pod, that REM pod. And we heard the which um, will likely play for you. And at that point, both of us kind of were like, is there anybody here? And no other noise. The Rempon didn't make another noise. Nothing. And we we kind of stayed in our sleeping bags for maybe another half hour or 45 minutes and waited for something else to happen. And nothing happened after that. So we we basically at that point decided it, we were going to get up. It was 4.30, 5 o'clock, and we got up, you know, made some coffee, and it. I, I was still unnerved by what had happened to me and didn't tell Brandon about it um, at the time. It, it I, I don't I don't know how to describe it. All I can say is, there's definitely something in that house from the footsteps, from what happened to me. There's definitely something in that house. I do not think that it was there to harm us in any way, shape, or form. I think it was just curious, but it also didn't want to, whatever it was, didn't want to come forward and have any interaction with us. We were either chasing it or it was following us throughout the entire night that we would catch something here and there, but nothing definitive, um, at least to our own ears. Um, the EVPs and recorders and videos is another matter, but that is my personal experience. And I can honestly say I was so happy when we left. I just felt so uncomfortable after that weird sleeping bag encounter. I don't know if anyone else has ever had that experience there, but so that that is my personal experience at the Harrisville Farmhouse, also known as the Conjuring House. When I entered the Harrisville Farmhouse, I entered with the hypothesis that this is a normal house and that there was nothing strange about it and things would have to happen or rather I would have to experience things that I could not explain that would show me that this is not a normal house 
I um by the time I left the house I was no longer certain that it was just a normal house. Although there are cameras in place there to be monitored by the uh, the um, house manager. Uh, I was totally fine with that. But upon entering the house, uh, even before I was aware of the cameras, I still felt like I was being watched. Uh, and that feeling never went away. And uh, I didn't really realize it at the time, throughout all the time that I was there, that I, I felt unsettled. Um, I, I, I was, I knew I was being quiet. I felt like I was being quiet. Um, but I felt like maybe that was just because, uh, you know, we had a, a job to do um, to record and observe. But besides that, I've, I felt just kind of uh, reticent and uh, probably and probably because I felt like I was being watched, like I was being observed, and I, and I didn't know, I couldn't see what was observing me exactly. Um, I quickly felt like I could not be alone in any room in that house, uh, which is really unusual for me. I'm usually fine in that regard in any place. Um, so it was really odd to me, and I knew that at the time. I was like, this is kind of strange. I, I feel like this, like I can't be alone in any room in this house. And the, the first thing I wanted to do when we got in there was I wanted to turn every light on in every room uh, that we could um, in the house. Did that make me feel better? Uh, I don't think so. Really the first um, thing I could not really explain that I encountered that really um, busted my hypothesis about this being just a normal house was um, we were in the basement um, and uh, we were in the middle, like down there, the basement is, is, a, is a long stretch with some rooms coming off the uh, the left of this long, wide hallway, sort of uh, in, in the basement. And we were in the sort of the, in the middle of the hallway in one of the rooms off to the side. And we heard footsteps coming from toward the entr entrance of the basement toward the stairs around the area around the, around the area of the furnace and, and they were decidedly they were they were they were very apparent footsteps and those footsteps those footsteps weren't preceded by any steps coming down the stairs which I thought at the time I thought I heard no one come down the stairs so how are those footsteps there so that was that was uh, one of the first instances that I was like, this is not a normal house. The next thing I think uh, that I, I really remember is uh, in, the, in the bedroom while 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 uh, I was sort of tossing and turning while I was trying to sleep. Uh, 
and uh, in the upstairs um, in the three rooms um, I was in the middle one and there's one there's the hallway that connects the middle one to the to the one the uh, bedroom that is entered when a person goes up the stairs and I was awake and tossing and turning and I distinctly you know how you could feel um, when someone's in the room with you they may not say something may not do anything they, they're just they're just there in the room with you and it, it's just it, it's any person that can, that's in the room with you you, you just feel it uh, I didn't feel like that like I, I didn't feel like they were in the room with me but I felt like they were in that room and then I felt like they were in the hallway like there was a presence and I was in my sleeping bag I was not gonna get out of it <laughs> I was and I was very tired and I had to remind myself that that uh, as the house manager had told us that that none of these apparent apparitions had ever harmed anybody so I never felt like I was in any certain danger I just felt weird I guess and uh, so I just kind of <laughs> uh, oddly enough I just sort of went back to sleep I was like hey that's that's that if there is a presence there which I'm not sure if there is or not I don't know what it's gonna do but I don't think it's gonna harm me I felt like it was just if I felt like if it was doing anything if if the presence was doing anything in the other room or in the hallway it was just watching it was just there and then when the 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 REM pod went off uh, a couple hours later right next to where I was sleeping um, same thing uh, I didn't feel like I was in any danger I just felt like this is okay that's that's there's no reason that REM pod should go off that's what I thought and it went off again and then it went off again for even longer and that was enough to say I'm done sleeping or at least I'm done trying to sleep and uh, so those those sort of three circumstances stick in my mind of, of feeling like being watched um, all the time um, feeling a presence in the basement and then feeling a presence uh, in the upstairs um, in the upstairs so my 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 initial belief of of this just being a normal house um, was was over the course of that night upended and while I'm not sure if there's a malevolent presence in that house uh, I don't think there is uh, there is definitely something that that cannot be explained there are definitely uh, things that happen to me at least that I can't explain and I have no wish, <laughs> uh, I have no wish to spend another night in that house. So, okay, we've covered the supernatural or the paranormal in a couple of episodes before. But I think this one really is the first one where we were left. Yeah, unsettled, I think, is a very great word. In retrospect, right after, I, I recorded my personal experiences quite soon after we got back, and I was still very shaken 
by my experiences. Um, and I've had a little bit of time to reflect on it. And I think unsettled is the good word. I- I'm still very curious because... We set up all this equipment. We had our REM pods. We had our recorders. We had a K2 device. We uh, used an ovulus. We had um, a ghost box, as well as two motion-activated cameras. Um, We had all this equipment. We set it all up over the house. I really was looking forward to having some interaction with the spirits, and they were extremely elusive. Yes, they were. Frustratingly so. We weren't, like, so much engaged by whatever these things are. We can call them ghosts. I'm fine with that. Um, I don't know. I kind of like spirits. Spirits, spirits. Spirits, spirits, ghosts, whatever. Yeah, ghosts would be like we saw something, but we really didn't see anything. So so we we felt things or we heard heard things. We heard things. So spirits is fine. Um... Yeah, we really weren't engaged by these spirits, but they definitely made their presence known. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Um, we had some other experiences that we didn't really go into. Um, I think I talked about my my pen cap flying off, which we all joked about. And now in retrospect, I was that a ghost? I don't know. Maybe he was messing with us. Maybe but pen cap really wasn't on the pen securely multiple times for some reason, which right. I can't explain. But, you know... Um, but you know, my camera malfunctioned a couple of times. One of our recorders in one of the rooms mysteriously had its batteries sucked dry for no apparent reason. And it was the only one and all of them were fully charged when we started. There was no reason why that one should suddenly stop working and the battery should run out. I feel like they really wanted to mess with you. Like... They, they, really, they really did a great they, job. They focused on you more than me. Yeah. You're welcome, by the way. <laughs> um, but you you definitely had more, I think, more of a, a direct experience than I did. Which um, was weird because going in, I was so excited. I didn't feel uneasy in the house at all at first until after we started getting ready to go to bed. Then when I was brushing my teeth, I felt like somebody was in the bathroom with me. <laughs> Mm. it then i started to feel very uneasy but the whole rest of the time like initially i wanted to sit down in the basement by myself i wanted to go and sit in rooms by myself but i also know that you would not have been comfortable sitting alone somewhere else by yourself in that house no yeah i I definitely did not (laughs) i almost immediately like i said before in in my account i i just did not feel comfortable being alone and 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 that's that was part of the unsettling experience yeah yeah well it's it's unnerving and unsettling as we have said so that being said we do have some interesting audio clips we want to share with you that are evidence or we Um, consider it we consider them that's correct we we consider them um evidence of something in some cases i'm not really sure what Um, In other cases, it's pretty clear to me what it says, but we'll, you know, we'll we'll ultimately let you be the judge. If you want to email us and let us know what you think the clips say, please feel free. So this first clip is when we were setting up in the basement. And it's, frankly, it's a voice that just 
doesn't belong. And we can't really figure out why. We were in the midst of our setup. We weren't even we weren't even doing our investigation yet. We were setting up um, the motion sensor camera downstairs and putting a REM pod up and just there there's no reason that there would be another voice down there. So here it is. So that was kind of weird. The top floor, as you know from listening to Brandon's uh, personal experiences, has three bedrooms on it. Um, one stairwell that is close to the kitchen goes into Nancy's room, which is on one end of the house. Then as you walk through Nancy's room, there's like a small closety area that isn't really closed off. Um, but it's kind of a closet area. Then you walk into the middle bedroom that supposedly has the most activity in it. And then further you go into, uh, what would have been Andrea's room at the time. And then there's another set of stairs off of Andrea's room that goes down towards like the front parlor area. So that's kind of the upstairs layout for you. Um, the next clip that we're going to play for you is from, uh, the middle bedroom just after we had set a recording device in there and a REM pod. We went downstairs to um, kind of recoup. I think you went to eat <laughs> at that point. Um, but so we we were not even on the same floor. And to me, this sounds like something walked in and just tapped the mic of the yes. recorder and we were we weren't even on this floor like there's no reason why that would happen so take a listen so that was a little crazy what are your thoughts brandon that, that like that's one of the first clips we found and and that was the one that sort of like set me on edge <laughs> <laughs> right it right. was just unnerving because like i know and that you and you know we were not in that room at that time and yet this sound occurs and it is so definitively like something just going boop boop right on, on the on, microphone yeah. of the recorder yeah which it there's no logical reason why that would be there right it, it, so it, it freaks me out it freaks me out <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my. Okay, so the next uh, clip we're going to play for you is from the recording device in the seance room. Um, we were setting up in the basement when this happened. It is a voice. I'm going to play it for you before I tell you what I think it says. So here we go. So to me, this kind of sounds like someone saying, hey. Yeah, I hear that, too. And again, we were in the basement. Yeah. This wasn't like, it's, again, it shouldn't be there. Yeah. It, there was no, it wasn't the heat because when the heat came on, it made this giant whooshing sound. So it was thankfully very definitive every time that thing came on. But I, I, I can't, I can't explain that voice. And, and it's just, it's, it, it goes in, in line with like how avoidant these ghosts or, right? or spirits, sorry, seemed because this stuff happens. But we're not there to hear it. Uh -huh. And, like, I didn't hear anything particularly, besides REM pods going off, of course. But it, for this stuff to happen, and we're just, like, not there, it's just, I feel like they're kind of, like, messing with us. Or, or not even really messing with us. They're just like, nah, we're just going to do what we're going to do and not engage with these two visitors. In, part in, of me in the feels place. that way. And then the other part of me feels like 
people go and investigate this house all the time. I almost feel like these spirits were like, oh, Christ, there's more people here. Let's avoid them and wait until they're separated or wait until they're on a different floor. And then we're going to just start doing stuff. Right. Or something. I mean, I realize that that sounds ridiculous, but it just, I mean, these, whatever is in this house is very familiar with people investigating. That's what I, yeah, that's kind of my feeling feeling now. Yeah. And I think, I don't, I, I don't think anything was malicious in that house. At least none that, nothing that we experienced seemed malicious, unnerving, unsettling, and molesting, perhaps, but, um, (laughs) well, that's the only word I can think of for my experiences, but I I never felt like I was in danger. So this next clip, we were just doing our first kind of initial investigation of, um, of all rooms like we would go from the basement to the upstairs to um the sands room to the library or upstairs and then down to the basement and so forth and we did that five or six times throughout the evening so on our very first one yeah we were heading upstairs from the basement so we were packing up um our REM pod that we were carrying around with us and then in the midst of us kind of having the REM pod go off because Brandon was carrying it, and we were kind of talking about... I don't even remember what we were talking about. Uh, This happened. So that was a weird voice that wasn't either one of our voices that, again, shouldn't have been there. And it was weirder still because I had just asked... Supposedly, there is a spirit of a woman named Abigail... It was Abigail Arnold, they believe, and she's one of the original families who lived in the house, Um, and they believe that her spirit is there, so I kind of used that information, and I know that she used to like to make preserves in the basement, so I used that information and was asking questions about preserves, and do you use lemon juice, do you use sugar, and things like that, and we didn't really get anything directly at the time but as we were walking up the stairs we got that clip and to me it sounds like a woman saying i'm here Hmm. yeah and that's even more apparent than the last clip yeah i feel like yeah and and it's strange like we didn't hear at the time no no it's an interesting evp yeah and for those of you that don't know an evp is it's an electronic voice phenomenon uh, which basically a uh, sensitive audio recorder will pick up something that human ears can't. And judging from the evidence that we got, that is very clear. Yes. <laughs> that 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 is, that's a real thing. Yes. I had my doubts until I, until we came up with all these clips. <laughs> <laughs> so the next clip is um kind of a uh it's a weird voice again that shouldn't be there in the basement um it's it's a little bit fuzzy but um give it a listen tell us what you think so again something that shouldn't be there yeah okay so the next one and when was this about do you know do you remember? This was in the basement around about our first or second basement investigation. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so this next one is actually from 
our first investigation still in the basement and you're going to hear something and then you're going to hear me say something afterwards, which is kind of what I heard at the time. And the clip is a little funny. So um, here it is. I just heard what sounded like a growl behind me. It was really quick. No, to me, that was funny because when I heard it, that one I heard with my ears, but it sounded like a growl. But on my recorder, it sounds like a cat, which is, <laughs> which I thought was absolutely hilarious. And there are no cats in the house. And there, no, there's no animals whatsoever yeah. down there. But when I, I heard it, it sounded it sounded like a growl, but the recorder, it's like meow, yeah. uh, which is weird. <laughs> and we just like stopped when you said that, right? Yeah. Like, we just like stopped yeah. and listened for a second. We stopped and listened and there wasn't anything further at that time. Mm. Okay, so this next one is um, from the library. It is another voice. Uh, this is, I believe, our second investigation of the library. It may be our first. I think it's our second investigation of the library. So here it is. I think that was mine somewhere. <laughs> so again, another little bit that doesn't belong and yeah. is just very odd. Like, yeah. uh, I, ca I cannot explain some of these things at all. Um, okay, this next one is actually from the seance room, and this, I think, is just a weird noise that we couldn't explain. Yeah, we couldn't we couldn't nail down what it was exactly. So we yeah. So take a listen. Okay, so that was yet another like a weird, a weird thing. So then we were, we had gotten ready for bed, and we were you know unzipping our sleeping bags, and I was kind of. And this is after we had investigated, as I said, every room multiple times, four and five times up and down the stairs, all around the house. We had taken a walk around the property. We had taken photographs. We basically had kind of done it all. This was after midnight. We were a little tired. So we kind of thought, you know what, we're going to get a few hours of sleep um, and maybe we'll get up earlier and do some more investigation and uh, we shall see. So... As we were kind of, we had gotten into our sleeping bags and I was kind of joking with Brandon that I hadn't, I hadn't used my sleeping bag, I think, since I was in Girl Scout camp, since I was like eight years old. So I was kind of joking around about it. And in between that joke, um, this happened. Again, something we did not catch at the time. Yeah. No, didn't hear it at all. And to me... It sounds like somebody whispering, get out now. If you'd heard that, would you have been able to sleep? I could barely sleep anyway. <laughs> you were snoring away. Yeah. I was like awake, eyes wide the entire time. The second I heard the first set of footsteps on the stairs that came up into Nancy's room and started walking towards us, I was like covers up to my nose, like looking at that door waiting for something to appear. Nothing ever did, but it was just... So unsettling that I heard something do that. And that's interesting that you heard the presence come up the stairs into the into the bedroom to the uh, to the the right it's Nancy's room. Nancy's room, and then I heard or I felt rather a presence in that same room. But it, just standing there, yeah, 
in that kind of closety area. Not like, and it, it wasn't, it was just like watching. Right. Which I don't know what would be more unsettling, frankly. That's why I was unsettled, but not like, like, how unsettled are you when someone is watching you? How, just how nervous are you when someone's just doing that? Now imagine like, you can't see that thing. Well, exactly, that. exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of how I felt. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. All right, so this next clip is while we were sleeping, the house was, I'm sorry to say, pretty dusty. So I spent a lot of the night kind of coughing and clearing my throat. <laughs> um, so this is a clip that we got like right after I cleared my throat one time. And I cleared my throat multiple times throughout the night. This is the only time that this happened. So it's not me clearing my throat. It is another sound after that. So take a listen. The spirit was mad that you cleared your throat. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. It almost sounded like a game show. Like, hey! <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I don't know how else to describe and you it. Didn't hear, you, and you didn't hear no, this. No, nothing. Yeah. Not, the only thing I heard throughout the night was like footsteps and creaking boards, which the boards did not creak when we were not moving around. Like, nothing made a noise when we were not moving around. Like, if we were just sitting there, like, while you were eating or whatever, nothing made any noise. And then all of a sudden, we would start to hear creaks as if somebody was moving around in the house. Right. So it just... The house didn't constantly creak. There were no, like, wind noises. There was no... None of that. I mean, it was not a windy day, so it wasn't the wind, you know, swaying the floorboards or whatever. Right. Yeah, uh, no. It was just, it was weird. That was the only way I could describe Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. That was, that was kind of a, that was kind of a, kind of a weird one. Um, okay, so this, these last three sets of clips that we have, you may want to pause here and listen to these with, like, noise-canceling headphones because I just kind of wanted to demonstrate that there were instances where we heard kind of voices in the background that just didn't belong. In these clips. In these clips. In these clips. Yes. And it was, I tried to amplify it a little bit and it just, it didn't come out well. So I just kind of thought, you know what, eh, I'm going to, I'm going to leave it as it is and I'll let you guys be the judge. Yeah. Listen I'm- to it. Um, the, uh, I'm going to play them one at a time. There's three of them. Um, so here is the first one. And that just sounds like somebody, it sounds like somebody just talking in like downstairs or in the background or like, I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah. I, I'm, I, yeah, I just... Yeah. I don't know. There was a lot of like in listening to all the audio, there was a lot of kind of like what sounded like whispering in the or, background. Or, or mumbling. Mumbling and murmuring. Yeah. And then every once in a while you would hear something that was slightly above a mumble. But it was really hard to grab it, even when I did like noise reduction and, and stuff like that, because it was so low. It was really hard to grab it. And I'm hoping that you guys can hear this. I realize the audio is not that great because I couldn't I couldn't really reduce the noise without reducing everything. Um, okay, so here is the next one. This is another example of um, just kind of whispering and talking in the background. 
And that's just another crazy example. Yeah, I mean, these these clips, uh, like, I'm on the fence about... I know. We were on the fence about even including them, but I just kind of wanted to, if you guys can hear it, I just kind of wanted to demonstrate that it was... There was, like, this constant murmuring and mumbling in the background. Of, all, of, of, of like, almost all the audio we recorded. Except for one recorder that was yeah. in uh, the eve of the house, which they called the birthing room, which I think I describe in my personal experiences. We literally got not one bit of audio except for planes and cars. Um, and that's just because it had no insulation in there or whatever. So everything outside we heard and nothing else, which was kind of a bummer. If you want to stay a night in the house and not be disturbed. Sleep in that room. All right, this last clip was, again, while we were sleeping, um, as the last two were while we were sleeping. So this, to me, sounds like it says something, and I'm not going to say what it says until after. But, um, again, this is one that's it's very soft. If you can, listen to it with noise-canceling headphones um, and jack up the volume uh, to see what uh, you think it says. This, to me, sounds like... A small child actually saying my name. But, 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 neither you nor I refer to you as Katie yeah. at any time during that, that night. Yeah. So it sounds like something is saying Katie in the background, which is weird, uh, again. But, I mean, Kate and Katie are kind of close. I don't know. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, it, it, and I'm not saying it was referring to me, but I did go back and look, and there's not one Katie that ever lived in that house. Okay. So I don't know why it would be saying that. But then again, I don't know, a lot of other people have investigated that house. Maybe they were talking to a different Katie. Maybe it was a Katie that I mean, was there right before we were. Why are these spirits saying, hey, and hey is very, it's not a, appropriate to the times in which these people lived. Yeah, yeah. I know. Hey. Hey. Yeah, that, yeah, I found that weird, too. Yeah. So that is all of the all of the clips that we have. Um, I mean, I did kind of want to speak a little bit. I know in my personal experiences, um, we talk about the REM pod that went off. And again, I did. Uh, I recorded my personal experiences um, prior to listening to any of the audio. Uh, but it turns out, uh, I know I say kind of at the uh, at the end of it that the REM pod goes off at like four something in the morning um, with a blip and then it goes off again and then it goes off again for longer. And then we kind of sat there and waited for a while and nothing happened. So we decided to get up. But after we got up and went downstairs and started to make coffee, the REM pod continued to go off and it went off again like seven or eight times and there really was nothing nearby that thing no but and it wasn't constant it was like bloop bloop and then bloop bloop and it was it wasn't in an in a in a cadence or anything it was literally to me it felt like there was like a child spirit there that was kind of playing with it was the only thing I can kind of equate it to. It was like somebody was just playing with it and thought it was fun. And the other part of me is like, you couldn't have done that while we were there. <laughs> Seriously? Well, it definitely woke you up. Initially. Oh, initially, yes. And then I was up and then I was well, like, I'm not going back to sleep. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't really sleeping after that, um, after my multiple experiences. <laughs> 
Um, uh, yeah, I found sleep a little hard to come by, but I was truly exhausted and very happy to leave and get home and take a big fat nap. <laughs> One thing I want to mention is about, um, we, we did go outside of the house and, uh, I walked the perimeter of, of the house and oddly enough, I do not feel as, as watched when I was walking the perimeter in, which was surrounded by brush and forest as I did inside the house the entire time. Yeah. So it's, I just found that kind of strange. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, again, I didn't, I didn't feel that way until we were getting ready to go to bed. And then I just suddenly felt uncomfortable. I don't know why it was a very, it was a very strange thing. Cause I had been fine all the whole time and was super excited and like, go, go, go. And Brandon, stop making so much noise. And, could you walk any louder and, <laughs> and stuff like that? Uh, but all in all, it was a fantastic experience. I, I'm not sure Brandon ever wants to go back, but even though I had some crazy unsettling and unnerving experiences, I would go back and do it again. But I would, I know now, like, don't put anything in the birthing room because right, it's right. a complete waste. Put an extra camera here, put an extra recorder here, maybe put some extra batteries around. And we we were honestly, I mean, I think I, I make this clear in my personal experiences, we were told not to provoke um, and so forth. We, we did in, I did ask um, Andrea, uh, you know, what provoking was and she explained it to me and I explained that in my personal experiences, but uh, so I won't reiterate that, but we did play some music in the basement. We played a, 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 an Indian welcome chant and a welcome prayer. And then we played some revolutionary war music. And then we played some civil war fife music and things like that. And I will say that when we were doing that investigation, that was around 10 o'clock, maybe five past, um, about at 10, 10, the motion sensor or motion activated camera in the library came on and started recording. And I reviewed the video and you can very, very faintly see something, but it is so tough to see. We didn't feel it was, we didn't feel it warranted, um, you know, posting it anywhere. I mean, I'll see if I can, I don't know, I'll see if I can enhance it somehow, but I don't, I don't want to mess with it too much because I feel like that that's right. I feel like it's kind of just not honest if I'm messing <laughs> yeah, with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it also came on again at like 2.34 in the morning, that same camera in the library, and there is a split second flash of some dark thing that goes over the camera. But it, it's so quick, you can literally barely see it. And we have no idea what that was. There were no books on the floor. There would there wasn't any space behind that laptop for anything to go. So if someone had by some chance snuck into the house at two thirty in the morning and had jumped over that laptop completely silently, <laughs> um, there wouldn't be any place for it to go. And if somebody did do that, it would have made a great deal of noise, and we would have come running to see what it was. <laughs> so. I, I I can't tell you how creeped out it was when you know when we busted down all our you know setups for recording stuff of busting down the laptop disconnecting it and seeing on the hard drive a clip for the the that night for 2 35 a.m right. knowing that we had not been right we hadn't been down there at that time and there was nothing there yeah 
Yeah. It, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> what is, yeah. Right? I really, really wanted that to be something. I don't know if I thought it was going to be like a dancing shadow in front of the camera <laughs> or what. I really wanted it to be so badly. But unfortunately, it just was just a blip. And I, I wish that it had been more. But that's, 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 that's where, that, our, honestly, that's paranormal investigation. That's sometimes our, you get stuff, sometimes you don't. That's where the investigation took us. Um, yeah. Uh, these, these spirits were present, but avoidant of us, I feel like, as we said I before. Like they were cautious, not avoidant. Well, may, maybe avoidant is a good <laughs> word to use. <laughs> it was a great experience. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not sure you feel the same way. For me, I thought it was a great experience. I, I would not try to sleep in the house again i would try to record in the house again but i would not sleep there (laughs) there you have it folks (laughs) so we we for this supernatural paranormal episode we finally found the mother load of personal experiences and electronic voice phenomenon that has tipped us over the edge of skepticism into i I wouldn't i'm not not gonna pull the trigger on that and say yeah okay i mean i'm still a skeptic until a spirit but you've referred to these in this episode as spirits yeah so you so you obviously i i believe there was definitely something in that house there's something in that house you called a spirit that i have called a spirit or spirits yes that is true i still am a little bit skeptical that i want to see something yeah me too yeah. I mean, personal experiences, I felt stuff, I heard stuff, but I still, visually, I want to see something. I, and that little foam mist or gray mist that we had at, at 1010, I don't count that. <laughs> I I do want to see something, but I'd rather see it on a recording. <laughs> Not in person. You don't want it to be in person, really? And, yeah, and I, so that's why if we ever do this again, it'll be just... Through recording devices and not wow. through, I won't be sleeping there again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's going to wrap up this episode and is going to wrap up season two for us. Uh, we will be back in January with season three. We want to wish everybody happy and safe holidays. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. And we look forward to more episodes in 2023 where we will continue to discover what is true enough what is true enough to be believed thank you for listening to this week's episode of true enough this episode was written and produced by your co-hosts Catherine Duvall and Brandon McCown thanks go out to our research and music sources which are listed in our show notes if you have questions comments or a case you would like us to investigate you can email us at trueenoughnation at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook or on Twitter at enough underscore true. True Enough is distributed through Anchor. You can find us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash true dash enough. From there, you can support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain production of future episodes. Also, please subscribe to us on whatever podcast app you prefer and join us on every episode where we try to determine what is true enough to be believed.